of the, the, the joy and easiness that we've had for the past five to seven years, really, people, the mistake that people made is they thought that was them. Right. They thought they were that good. And yeah. then when it stopped, the downside of believing it was all about you before is now you believe it was all about you now. And the reality is that neither of those things were true. You are listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, episode number 430. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest and amazing entrepreneur, Ryan Dice, with me today, who I'm so excited to have on the podcast. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Good to, to reconnect. Um, we were talking before how we uh, met years and years ago through Warren, but got to reconnect through our mutual friend, uh, Alex Sharfin. So yeah, uh, yeah, we had a great conversation that actually led to a long time ago. I did a podcast episode after that conversation because it was such a fun one. So I'm so excited to now have the real deal. We can conver- conversate here. <laughs> we'll see if what I say here... Um, aligns with what I said back then. It's, yeah, it's, right. It's well, it's probably changed. So yeah. we, we need a refresh. Um, awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you. So I wanted to dive in like our conversation then was a lot about like where's industry going. And this was kind of, I think it was like six months ago, maybe, or maybe it was actually, no, it was probably 10 months ago we had this conversation. And so we weren't as much in the recession, but we talked about a lot of like what was coming. And one of the things for me, like that I shared afterwards was you've been around for a long time. And so you have a lot of wisdom in terms of what we're going through right now, right. In the digital marketing industry and like iOS updates was, you were kind of comparing it to what happened in Google before. And you just, you were very much like, I knew this was coming, you know, I've been playing, I've been ready for it. And so I, I found a lot of value in that because I don't have that wisdom. Like this is kind of the first recession I'm going through with my business. And then the iOS updates obviously impacted me a lot. So I'm just curious now, 10 months later, like what your conversations are like, what you see happening kind of in the industry over the next couple of years and anything you're doing differently now from when we talked then. Well, I want to, I want to clarify, I mean, and I knew it was coming, but it still sucks. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, so, and, and just because you know, something is happening doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, there's only so much you can do to prepare before it does, because, you know, if you believe that we're going to move into a recessionary environment, that's fine. I mean, there's stuff that you can do in terms of setting back cash and just making sure that you're trimming the fat. Um, but you really don't act upon it. Um, especially as marketers, yeah. right? We can look in the future, but um, and, and, and in some ways prepare for the future, but we can't act upon it until it's happened and our, our customers realize that it has happened. Right. And, and so I think it's important to acknowledge that um, whatever we talk about right, right now, I think we kind of have to keep two things in mind. There, there's what do we need to be thinking about as business owners? And then as marketers, what are we talking about to our, to our customers? Because mm-hmm. very often those are two different things, right? We need to speak and engage with the conversation that people are having. Trying to change the conversation it can be a really frustrating, uh, can be a really frustrating yeah. thing. So um, all that said, like as, as a business owner, um, yeah, I, I you know, knew we had to be getting, you know, something had to change. I mean, it was just getting ridiculous. There's just all the things that were happening for as long as the bull run had happened. I mean, understanding that life in the world is cyclical, like there was going to have to be, you know, some kind of a, you know, some kind of a pullback. And I think we've seen it. I still don't know to the extent I'm not an economist. I don't know to the extent 
that this is going to be, you know, impacted um, when, when we're thinking about different wars and stuff like that. Is this going to be a recession that we generally recover from fairly quickly? Because look, there's still demand out there, right? In the marketplace, yeah. I mean, we we basically created a supply side recession by shutting down the economy. Yeah. Right. We shut down the economy, created this massive supply side recession because there was nobody could buy anything. And then everybody wanted to buy stuff and there was nothing right. to buy because nothing had been made for a while. Right. At the same time, the government's printing a bunch of money and giving. And so everybody's got more money to spend, yeah. which only exacerbates that issue. So now what we're doing is we're seeing the economy slow down because interest rates are going up, because mm -hmm. things are getting more expensive because of inflation, because that's what happens when demand outpaces supply, right? Yeah. It's like pretty basic stuff. Right. And so now we have a demand side recession where, where people aren't wanting to buy as much. So what happens when you have a su simultaneous supply side and demand side recession? Yeah. Do they counter each other out? And it just kind of goes back to normal. It goes back to really what right. it was before everything was artificially inflated post COVID. Yeah. I really don't know. That's what I think is generally going to happen. So I, I, you know, I think that right now we're kind of in the worst of it. Yeah. And those of us, even if you weren't around and in business during 2008, 2009, or prior to that, uh, 2001, um, you know, I, I've seen two of them now. Mm -hmm. Um, the worst part is kind of where we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the closest I can think to explain it to is in the, in the early months of COVID yeah. when nobody really knew what was going on. And it was all just this uncertainty. That's kind of the worst part. And mm -hmm. that's where we are right now. So I'm trying to just tell everybody, you know, don't panic yet. Um, don't make any rash moves yet i mean acknowledge that the game has changed don't get go don't get go into denial about any of this stuff yeah. acknowledge that the game has changed but once it kind of once everybody figures out where it's going to be then you can just get back to work again right so this is kind of the worst the worst part of it yeah um, i think so that's kind of yeah. I'll, I'll stop that, yeah. that's just the general macroeconomic yeah perspective i think so too and i think that at least my experience with the online space like we started feeling stuff ios was almost worse then, then that's then what it. I was going to say. <laughs> like, yeah, that my was, business I had a harder time last year than this year. Yeah. I, I think most marketers, certainly if you're, you know, doing any type of Facebook and, um, you know, Instagram, I think iOS was a much bigger, uh, yeah. slap in the face than any recession that, that I've ever been, been yeah, through. I totally agree. And we've, so I felt like it started then. And I feel like I'm like, this isn't that bad compared to the shifts I had to make when iOS happened. And, and I think now it's like, we're used to the cost. We've had to adapt and adjust and, and the people who did are still here. And, and an argument could be made that if we do get into a bit of a recessionary type space, one of the first things that gets cut in a recession is marketing budget. Now that's mm -hmm. not the greatest news to hear, um, it, you know, if you're running an agency, because right. that means you're likely to see some cuts. Yeah. But what it may mean is that uh, some of your lesser competitors get pushed out of the market. It may mean that ad prices uh, do go down a bit. Right. Um, they're not going to go down a lot. Right. Um, but their rate of increase um, you know, should slow. So yeah. now really is the time to just be doubling down. There's going to be a lot of people who get scared. And as yeah. a result of getting scared, they kind of, they freeze. You can't yeah. freeze. You got to be over communicating with your clients. You got to be mm -hmm. over delivering value right now. Mm -hmm. You need to go over. Now is the time that you're working harder than you've ever worked mm -hmm. to maintain 
Yeah. Because the second it comes back, you will springboard. And I've seen that following every single recession. Yeah. If we can just maintain, yeah. right? If we can hold on to what we have, then once the dust clears, we're the ones left standing. Everybody then jumps on you know, your back and you just springboard up. And yeah. that I believe is what the next 12 to 18 months are going to be like. Yeah. And I feel that I feel like a lot of people, myself included, are working really hard for definitely not the same results that was a couple of years ago. But knowing that's just what you have to do, like you either do it or you don't, you either, you know, give up and quit or you just hang on and, and have to put in the work. And I think there is, have you noticed that there is kind of like that burnout exhaustion happening for business owners right now? Cause I definitely have had a lot of conversations of people feeling that of having to work really hard. And then they're like, but I'm not getting as much out of it. And it's kind of like, that's the reality right now. Uh, I'm hearing it from my peers. We are hearing it from yeah. our clients at the scalable company. Um, yeah. you know, just kind of feel like we're having to work so hard just to maintain kind of where we were. And, yeah. and I'm telling them, it's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. And, and what I'm seeing is that there are some who hear me say that and they go, oh, thank God. And they see it as encouragement. Right. Right. Cause what they know is it's not them. It's not like that overnight exactly. their business got broken. Their customers stopped caring. Like it's just that there's external forces, a, a realization that we've been propped up by external forces. Like if you think about it, all of the, the the joy and easiness that we've had for the past five to seven years, really, people, the mistake that people made is they thought that was them. Right. They thought they were that good. And yeah. then when it stopped, the downside of believing it was all about you before is now you believe it was all about you now. And the reality is that neither of those things were true. Right. right? We are impacted by outside forces. Okay, so now what? You know, does that mean we're totally controlled and therefore have no agency or autonomy? Of course not. Right. Of course not. Um, but if you're going to accept hundred percent of the, look at me, I'm God's gift of marketing and business, um, during the greatest, you know, bull market run-up that the world has ever seen, then, then yeah, it's going to hurt really bad when that party mm -hmm. stops. If yeah. you just acknowledge that, boy, I was in the right place at the right time. And I'm really glad I got to learn and cut my, my teeth and, and build a brand during mm -hmm. a time. Now, this is when brand leaders are made right? It yeah. is during recessions. And this is so important for everybody to know it is during recessionary times that market share is captured. Okay. Mm -hmm. Share of market gets captured during buildups. The pie gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So you're making more, but from a relative perspective, your slice of the pie could actually be getting smaller. Mm -hmm. It is during these times when the pie very much stops growing. And now it's when certain people bail out. And so, yeah, I'm hearing people who are getting, who are having this realization, the vast majority, when I say that to them, they get frustrated, they get discouraged. And many of them um, are coming around and asking, they're, they're kind of giving up the entrepreneurial life and going around. And, I'm and seeing that so much. Yeah. 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 Which it's kind of like, this is just a reset in so many ways. And it, it, that's what a recession is, right? With capitalism, like it's just a reset back to a more normal place of, of cost of, employees like we had you know employees who didn't want to work now they're going to want to work like we're, we're just going back to that and so I think the the biggest mistake you could make is unless you don't want to have a business anymore but is walk away in this and and be like I'll wait until it gets better because it's like this is like you said it's not real like this is kind of going to be the new reality in terms of cost and how hard you have to work in business like that we're almost getting to like a normal place where before it wasn't normal, where you could just like throw up a funnel and have it 50%. And then it was successful. Like those days are gone. And we've been saying, a lot of people have been saying that's coming for a long time, but of course people don't want to believe it because that sucks, <laughs> but it's the reality. 
So buckling down and putting in that work, it's like, that's the only option that you have right now. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can compare it to um, spending an enormous amount of time um, eating poorly and not exercising. And then suddenly you come to the realization that, you know, gosh, this has got me kind of in a, in a bad place and it's time for me to like buckle down and get back to work. And it's going to be really, really, really miserable. And for a time, there's going to be almost no gain. And all I'm ever really going to be able to do for the next little bit is get back to where I was before I you know, started doing all these things. That's yeah. a painful realization mm-hmm. and it's painful to have to endure it. Um, but those that do are the ones that succeed and those that don't, don't. And, and so, mm-hmm. and it's okay. You know, I believe that entrepreneurship is a calling. It's mm-hmm. not meant for everyone to do. Right. Um, and, and that's hard to say. And it doesn't mean that somebody who's not an entrepreneur is less than. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that it's not for everyone. I think there's a lot of people in this season who are finding out, um, is this lifestyle really for me? Right. Do I want it badly enough yeah. uh, to endure the pain? Um, but the point that you made is dead on. You don't yeah. just get to decide, well, I'm just kind of going to sit this one out. And when it gets better, I'll pop back in. Right. There won't be nope. any pie left for you when you do mm-hmm. it. You better pop back into a brand new place. Yeah. Um, it won't be this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we, we kind of talked about this at the party, but I, I think that right now, or my experience through this, my realization personally is how much I was previously attached to like my business is this offer that I created and then realizing it's that's ever going to be changing and evolving because if I don't pivot and move fast at changing and meeting my market where they're at, like for me, especially with iOS, I had to like work so hard and change things and serve people differently and help solve their problem. But realizing like, I'm always going to be pivoting and changing in my business, no matter how much I don't want that to be the case. Like it would be so great if it just lasted forever. But I think that was, I think that is a big learning thing for people is they're so attached to the fact of like, but this worked for me before it worked for me two years ago. So it must be my ads. It must be this. It must be, this It's like, no, you just haven't changed and you need to change. Yeah. I mean, the biggest mistake that, that entrepreneurs make is they define their business by either the product they sell or even worse, the way that they sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. So they say, I'm going to define, you know, my business by, you know, I, I run a Facebook ads agency. You know, or I'm going to define my business by I'm a D2C e-commerce company. You know, or, or I'm a traditional retail company. Uh, if you define your business by the products and services you sell or the way that you sell them, you will at some point uh, be, be disrupted. Every yeah. business must define, the, every entrepreneur must define their business by the audience they serve, mm-hmm. period. And so if the audience tastes change, then you get to decide. Uh, do you want to go with them and, and continue to meet their needs? Or do you want to look for a different audience? Yeah. Right? Which you can do, but you can't be mad at them for changing their mind. Yeah. And I see that happen a lot of times and people almost like, why don't they want this anymore? Yeah. They don't. Yeah. You can't they change it. Don't. Yeah. They don't. And they don't want to buy in that way anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, one of the biggest markets for digital marketer. So the company that I'm probably best known for, Digital Marketer, one of our uh-huh. the biggest segments of our, of our market. We serve, there's three primary segments that we serve. We serve um, marketing professionals. So people who work at companies as marketers and who want to up-level their career. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, marketing leaders that want to train their people. So marketing pros. Um, also entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs who are at the early stages of business. And the only thing that really matters right now is selling what they got. And then agencies. Mm-hmm. Marketing consultants and agencies, so independent marketing professionals. Well, for years, that last segment, the segment that you 
you know, large, that's been the biggest, fastest growing segment yeah. of digital marketers audience. Yeah. The fastest one. Why? Because it was so easy. Anybody could go out there and just, you know, I can run Facebook ads too. And so yeah. everybody's a Facebook agency. And yeah. therefore we had a, you know, big, massive growing. It has been the slowest growing. It yeah. was the smallest segment of attendees at traffic and conversion last year than it has been in the last wow. five years. So yeah. we could get mad about that. Or what we could do is say, you know, what a lot of these people are doing. A lot of these people are saying, screw the agency life. I'm going to go and just come up with something to sell. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I've been helping my clients do. I can come up with a product and mm -hmm. they're shifting over into the, I'm the entrepreneur who's going to, who, who needs to sell what I got. Yeah. So we're going to talk to you about selling what you got. Yeah. We, there's also a lot of these folks who are saying, I just need to go and get a job in corporate America. Yeah. I've got skills. They're hiring like crazy. I get paid a ton of money right now if I can spell SEO yeah. and they're going over there and they're bringing us with them. So we've had to completely change right. who we're talking to. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. And the faster you do that, the faster you'll bring back success or put revenue back up. I mean, that's been my experience and I'm still changing like this month, literally, you know, changing and yeah. pivoting. And I think that it's almost been taught in the online industry, especially that like once you achieve success, you just do that thing and you just scale it and you don't have to change anything. And that's not business. Even what you said on like the, you focus on the audience and not the offer. You can look at big companies who made that mistake. You know, Microsoft, Netflix is like took over from yeah. Blockbuster. Like they Buster. made that mistake, right? Like, yeah. and they're huge companies. And so I think it's also something you have to almost constantly check yourself on and get out of your norm and get creative with what you're doing because it's easier to just keep doing the same thing and hope for a different result. And that's why if I'm trying to sell somebody, which we don't, right? But I mean, if you wanted to sell somebody a course on how to get rich online, then you would promise, come up with one offer and sell it forever. Yeah. Because that's what people right. want to believe. That's it's what just not want. how business works. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to pivot just a little bit and ask, um, just from your experience, you have so much experience growing different companies. One of the things that I admire the most about you is you don't, you're not as front facing as a lot of people in the, in the digital marketing industry. Like you're not the face, right. Of digital marketer, you're a part of it. How have you built that? Like, have you done that very intentionally and how have you done that? Cause I know even myself, like I'm the face and I don't always like that because all the content's on me and it's, it's not as valuable of a company when it's dependent on that person, but so much in our industry is that like they're the face of the brand and it's so hard to change that. So how have you intentionally done that? I'm curious. It's hard. And I'll tell you at the beginning, you probably do need to be the face yeah. of your organization. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the, the, I'm, I'm reliving that right now because we launched a new brand at the scalable company uh -huh. and there I am back out front and center again, which I don't, you know, for me, it's easy. A lot of people like being in the limelight. They like the fame aspect. I don't, yeah. I'm an introvert. I'm private by nature. It's not yeah. my favorite thing, um, but I'm willing to do it because it's required because if you have, if, if, if you just have a logo and there's mm -hmm. nothing behind it, there's no trust, uh, mm -hmm. there's no character, no personality, um, then, then it, it's just a logo. Like nobody's ever going to trust that or want to do business with that. We want to do business with people. Yeah. So in the beginning, you are your company and your company is you like mm -hmm. period when you're, you know, when you're launching, um, mm -hmm. you need to be the best spokesperson your, you know, your business has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, then over time you can get very intentional about, okay, what does it mean? Like, what do people like about me? Mm -hmm. And what I bring to this company, because obviously I'm resonating with someone if we're successful and it's why you can't do this 
until you've experienced some degree of success. A lot of people want to decide ahead of time what their brand is going to be. Yeah. It's really hard to do unless you know that it's worked. Um, and, and so go back to digital marketer. I'll use this as a very specific example and I'll tell you what we did. Mm -hmm. um, so we can get out of the hypothetical and just in the, here's what we did. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't want it to be the Ryan Dice show. And I didn't want to do it for the reasons that I mentioned before. I also wanted to, if I, you know, if, if, if needed to sell it. And yeah. I've, I've known lots of people in businesses that they were stuck in, they couldn't sell because they were the business, right? And so the first thing that you have to ask is, well, why are people attracted to me the, in this brand? Mm -hmm. And I think to do that, you have to acknowledge that they're not attracted to you specifically, um, because who you are when you're facing your brand is probably different than who you are when you're just at home with your, you know, with your kids, you know, with your spouse, right? Yeah. It's probably different than who you are when you're hanging out with your friends. We're always playing a character and it doesn't mean, um, that we're lying. It's just that we behave differently depending on what circles we're running in. And it's yeah. only multiple personality disorder. If you don't know who you're supposed to be, yeah. at time, right. And so to kind of unpack that and to say, well, what about me is resonating in this time? And what I, what I realized is that in the marketing world, everybody was either super academic, like super crazy high level academic, we're running all these tests. And, you know, you had literally like some of our, some of the brands that we competed with were brands like marketing profs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, marketing professors, marketing sure, but like all yeah. of these very kind of highbrow, you know, professorial type things. And then like the, like the guru, I know everything and I do no wrong. And what people liked about us was that we screwed up a lot and admitted it, mm. right? We're like, yeah, we, we try a bunch of stuff and sometimes it works and we tell you when it works and we tell you when it doesn't, but we, we generally dive into the tactics. Yeah. And so I was thinking, and, and, and it's a very simple exercise, but it's harder than it seems, but it's worthwhile for anybody to do. Mm -hmm. If you think about your brand and you say, what character from movies, TV shows, comic books, do I kind of embody yeah. when I am doing what I'm doing for this company. And what I realized for me is I was Forrest Gump. <laughs> Not even kidding. Yeah. Like I realized I was like, whoa, okay. I'm kind of the idiot savant, right? <laughs> you know, if you think about Forrest Gump, it's like, he's always messing up. Yeah. Right. I mean, but everybody loves him. Yeah. But everybody loves him. Right. Because he's, but got a good heart, like well-intentioned, yeah. you know, there's that whole thing. And when I realized, holy crap, we're Forrest Gump, there's actually a tool. And I've done some videos on, you know, on this called creating a character diamond. I didn't invent yeah. it. They teach it in screenwriting school, Yeah. but it's what makes an interesting character. Well, an interesting character is somebody who there's something about them that is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So in our case, it's like, we're really good at marketing. We're marketing savants, but that needs to be counterbalanced by something that is also kind of extraordinary, but opposite of that, mm -hmm. right? So if you have somebody who is, you know, a genius, but they also screw up a lot, that is, by the way, the type character of the idiot savant. And we see this show up again and again and again. Michael Scott in The Office yeah, was the right. idiot savant. Um, Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, the idiot, somebody who's brilliant at this one thing, yeah. but really stupid in a lot of other areas. We like that character. It's a character right. that we've seen a lot. And we always like right. it because we resonate with it. But yeah. then you need to say, what's the hill you're prepared to die on? Because you don't trust people if they stand for nothing. Right. Right. So what do you stand for? And for us at Digital Marketer, it's just tactics, period. Like, it's like, let's figure out the step-by-step -step tactics. Yeah. No freaking theory. Just give me, just give me the absolute 
you know, the absolute tactics. And in terms of the mistakes, well, those are on, you're also looking for where, where, what are their flaws? Yeah. Right. Because they don't have flaws. They're not human. You know, you're Superman, you're Clark yeah. Kent, you're man of steel can't be defeated. There's nothing there. Right. So, you know, for us, it's like, yeah, we definitely just screw up a lot. Right. Yeah. And, and so if you pack those together, that's a really interesting character that we've seen. And so if you want to shift from you being the face mm-hmm. to then hand that off to other people, and, and that's kind of the next stage, you have to first say, what is the character diamond of this particular brand that makes it interesting? Then I could say, okay, anybody that I put um, have come next to me up on the stage, anybody that at any point in time is going to be another face of this business, they also have to embody this character diamond. Right. And so one of the first people that we did this with was Molly Pittman, yeah. who now has gone on running her own businesses. She's now running um, the CEO of Smart Marketer. Um, and is doing great. But Molly literally was on stage one year at Traffic and Conversion Summit, fully mic'd up, about to finish her talk and was like, you know, okay, everybody, uh, I think that's it. It's got to be it because I got to pee. <laughs> no joke. Said in front of a thousand people, I got to pee, ran off stage. And I thought to myself, that's literally a line from Forrest Gump. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who better than this person to do it, right? Yeah. And, 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 and yet at the same time, you've got um, my co-founder and, and business partner, Richard Linder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Richard, I don't know if you've seen Richard. Richard's like pretty buttoned up. Perfect. Like his hair is always right. He doesn't really yeah. mess up. He's, you know, he's not particularly self-deprecating. So it's like, you could be around, but you don't really get to be a face of the brand. Right. Uh, we had um, a news anchor who came and worked for us, a former news anchor that came and worked for us in our comms department. Yeah. And she would help with PR, but I would never put her in front of the camera. Right. And she's like, I've got more on camera experience than anybody else here. Why won't you put me on camera? I said, you're too perfect. Yeah. You, 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 you do not embody the character diamond that is digital marketer. Yeah. And she's like, I get it. And so once you clarify that now you can begin to slot other people instead of you and your audience will accept it as long as they fill in those different areas of the character diamond. And yeah. then as more of them come, you can begin to step back and it's like, you were never missed. Um, yeah. And we remain true to the voice, yeah. the voice of the brand, uh, the voice of that particular character. And so that is, I don't know, that's how you do it. And it's that's not easy. Awesome. It literally takes years. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I like that at the beginning you said, but you have to be involved. And, and I think that's the key is like, you have to be the face first to figure that out. And there's probably a lot of people who try to start without being the face or start to make it easy. And I think another important thing you said is you started the new company and you step back in to do this, to build this. And I think that's just indicative of your character of like willing to do the work, right? Willing to step in, willing to- Let me, let me, let me acknowledge something real quick though. I yeah. thought too, cause I, I'm arrogant. I thought I got to skip steps. Right. And for a year, the and first thing work. I did when we created the scalable brand is I created a character diamond for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to go with out there yeah. and not have me be out there. And for, yeah. you know, almost 18 months, it went nowhere. And then finally, when I was like, all right, let me get out there. Let me start creating videos. Yeah. And it's only literally been in the last month or so that I finally just dove right back in. Wow. So even me who knows this stuff, right? we always like to think. We, we always to want to do that. You know, I do that too. Like we don't want to eat the frog or whatever that saying is of like having to do that thing, but there's so much in business that you have to do that. So I think that's, that's a great example. Um, okay. My last kind of question that I have for you that I love asking successful entrepreneurs, because I always wonder is what do you do to manage like the pressure of employees, 
especially in a time right now. I know like in the last year, I felt it a lot of ups and downs of, of entrepreneurship and being like breadwinner employees. And especially when it does get harder, like how do you manage that pressure? What, what is your advice on that? I'm fortunate. So, I mean, there's a couple of simple things and then I'll give you something that's maybe a bit more something anybody can do. Um, I'm fortunate. I'm always um, coaching and being coached. Mm-hmm. And I think that's essential for any entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, the worst season in my life when I grew the least and, and struggled the most was uh, we had masterminds and we had coaching programs. And because I was so busy with them, I stopped being mm. in masterminds and I stopped being coached. And, um, and I just think you have to do both. I think you should yeah. always be mentoring someone, uh, no matter how early you are, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a student, just yeah. somebody in your family, just to help them. Cause it gives you that perspective. Um, and I think that we always need to be coached. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways to do it, to have somebody that you can vent to. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really important um, because the tactical thing that I do when things are getting really, really dark um, and I'm getting really, really scared is I allow myself to do business with the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I'll actually sit there and I will, whether it's through journaling or again, my, my preferred way of doing it is just venting yeah. um, to, uh, to a very close uh, peer or, or a mentor and saying, here's what I'm worried about. And I just want to play out different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And when I hear myself say some of the stupid crap that Mm -hmm. I've allowed to fester in my brain and I realize how utterly absurd it is, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, if, if, you know, so let's say iOS 14, well, so Mm -hmm. iOS 14 happened. And, um, so therefore everything I've ever done, um, is gone. Cause that was literally the only thing that ever mattered apparently. Um, yeah. and I'm never going to be able to figure it out. Cause I guess I'm a complete idiot. Uh, all of my clients are going to leave me. Um, <laughs> my friends are going to realize what a miserable disappointment, uh, I am. And they're going to be like, ha ha, uh, my, my wife's going to leave me. My dog's going to run. And I just allow myself to go. And I hear all the things that I say and I go, you know what? That's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And so I come back from the brink by allowing myself to go there in a safe place. And, and it's, a, it's really, really powerful when you go ahead and put words, because the, the, the worst things that we do to ourselves, the worst stories that we tell, um, the most violent stories that we tell um, are the stories that we tell to ourselves in our quiet moments in the dark. Mm-hmm. And if you can just get out of the dark and it, it isn't quiet and you vocalize it, you realize that the things that you're saying are just a lie. Mm-hmm. You're lying to yourself. And you say that and you go, okay. But there's a kernel of truth here. So let's, let's talk about this. Right. You know, so iOS 14, yeah, this does suck. Well, what does it really mean? Well, it, it means that we're going to not have the same targeting options that we had before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what does that mean? If we can't micro target, you know, through technology, what are some other ways we can, you know, micro target? Well, could we target through messaging? Yeah, we could target through messaging. Okay. So what do I need to really get good at? Well, I need to get really good at messaging and, and coming up with, um, you know, big ideas. And so I just need to learn something new. That's fine. I've learned new things before. I maybe need to watch for new examples. Okay. I can do that. I, I should be able to figure this out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas we'll never allow ourselves to think and process because we're living in panic mode because of a lie that we told ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I just go there. I go yeah. to a deep, dark place. I allow myself to panic safely. Yeah. Um, yeah. we jokingly say step one is to panic. Yeah. Yeah. It's always so the first good. step. It's so good. And I think it's important. Like it can be really isolating. That's kind of what I have learned through the first harder time that I went through is like, when I didn't tell anyone, I experienced the same thing, panic. And it was like, I couldn't tell 
my husband because I was like, what if he gets more worried and I'm the breadwinner? And so who do I tell? And I can't tell my team because I don't want them to know something's wrong. So you just like keep it all in. And that's obviously not productive. So I think that's so simple, but it brings it to like solutions oriented, the logical brain where you can actually move forward with actions. And realizing that you're not alone. Absolutely. Realizing that it's not just you that's sitting there broken and scared. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is hard. Look, if you're, um, if you're married, you're in a committed relationship, the person that you spend the most time with, if they're not in the business with you, they're probably not going to understand. And if they're human and they see that you're scared, they're probably going to get scared too. Right. And they're probably going to want to tell you stuff like it's going to be okay. Yeah. But you're not going to believe them because they don't know anything. You know that. So it's just going to kind of drive you further apart and isolate you. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk to them, um, but you absolutely need to have um, peers and mentors that you can talk and vent uh, to. um, And, and in terms of peers, and you need both, right? Because you need peers who are like, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. me too. I'm scared too. What do you think? And you can hear each other just be total irrational, panicking idiots. I mean, yeah. like, we're kind of both being, you know, whiny little bitches right now, aren't we? Like, yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then you need mentors who are, will just sit there quietly, listen to you do all your whole thing and go, ready to fix this yet? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Give you the, the kick in the butt that you need sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time. If anyone wants to go and, and check out what you're up to and, and look at some more of your content, where should they head to? Yeah, if you're an entrepreneur and you're kind of in that <laughs> feeling super stuck and, and worried about climbing the next mountain, breaking through the next barrier, that's what we're all about at the Scalable Company. So scalable.co, scalable.co, that's my new passion project. I love marketing. Um, you know, We still own, I'm very active at uh, digitalmarketer.com. Um, but I just love entrepreneurs too. And so, um, if if that's where you are and and so much of what we've talked about, look, you're a marketer, you know, you get this stuff, but you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur that does marketing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, that's what we talk about. Right. And so I think if any, if somebody got value out of this conversation, you know, you're an entrepreneur. And so that's, yeah, that'd be the place. Awesome. We'll definitely go check that out. Ryan has some of the best content out there. So thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. It was great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast. If you love this episode and want deeper support with your marketing, head over to helpmystrategy.com to see how Hirsch Marketing can help take your marketing to the next level no matter where you're at today. We help our clients scale faster than ever, find hidden leaks in their funnel, experiment with new creative marketing strategies, and help their business explode and be more profitable than they ever dreamed possible. Head over to helpmystrategy.com and see if you qualify for a free strategy audit with Team Hirsch.